Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. To find out more or to add your support for as little as a dollar a month, visit patreon.com slash manowaker. Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm C.B. Drogi. This week, And a Time to Die by Emily Weber. The girl in the yellow bonnet followed me for days. She darted in and out of the shadows cast by the fading summer sun. She sat under the willow trees near the cabins, played cat's cradle with her bony fingers by the back shed, followed me with her heavy-lidded eyes as I walked up the front driveway after school. We did not speak. The shadows grew long and heavy, the wind sharp in the cotton plants freshly stripped by the spindle picker. There's a ceremonial feeling to this time of year, when life and death mean the same thing. I woke today before my alarm, after a night of fitful sleep in the empty house. Nana has been gone a year now, buried up on Vinegar Hill, where she can survey the sweep of time, sowing, growing, reaping. Today, Mama woke in a hospital bed, veins full of the medicine they pump in after removing cancer and her womanhood with it. The air was cool, but I dressed for the heat of the oven, wrapping myself in Nana's favorite apron, the one dotted with mustard stains, red sauces dried like blood, faint streaks where she wiped bacon grease from her fingers. The meal was nearly done by noon. I surveyed the oven in one of those rare moments when food requires nothing but time. Corn casserole, ham and dumplings, a side of succotash, Nana's favorites. I figured I would start the boiled custard when I had room on the stovetop. The girl peered at me through the window on the back door. I wondered if her mama made her clean her plate like mine, lima beans and all, if her nana made her birthday flapjacks, if she ever stood in this kitchen with kin and prepared this sort of meal, the food of the living consumed by the dead. I know you're hungry, I said to her. Smells good, don't it? This was the first we had spoken. There was never a particular date, nothing penciled on the calendar hanging on the refrigerator, but it comes around this time every year. Nana would rouse me early, set me to work fetching preserves and jars from the cellar, working the ancient can opener, watching bubbling sauces while she fried cod and boiled snap peas and spooned maple sauce over apple dumplings with the care of a monk sweeping monastery steps. She would point her wooden spoon at the embroidered Old Testament passage framed over the oven. There's a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born 
and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Waste of perfectly good food, Mama would mutter to our backs as we cooked. All this time and effort for your silly witchcraft. We feed them, Nana would reply, so they don't go feeding on something else. The phone rang, bringing me back to the kitchen. Someone from the hospital, a soft-spoken woman named Beverly, looking for Marlene Jackson's daughter. That's me, I said. My heart throbbed. There were complications, Beverly said, followed by more words I couldn't fathom. Something about a reaction to the anesthesia. Rare. One in ten thousand. Lids collected steam, concealing the pots simmering on the stove. The orange light on the oven glowed like an eye, watching me try to decide whether to turn it off. How much longer, I asked. Could be days, Beverly said slowly. Could be hours. We just don't know. You should be here. An hour passed as I pulled everything out of the oven, off the stove, spooned it into Tupperware, packed it away in the pantry and the fridge. I sped to the hospital, praying the dead would grant me time for the dying. Women in badges led me to Mama's bedside, rested their hands on my shoulder. Their eyes were kind, their smiles grim. Pastor Tom came with a pot-bellied man from the funeral home. Everyone murmured condolences, but all I could think to say was, Don't bring me food. For God's sake, nobody bring me food. My fridge is full. That night, I drove home from the hospital under South Flying Birds and stood in the kitchen reeling. In my short absence, the house had become cavernous and cramped at the same time, full of food smells, lingering oven heat. Two of them watched me through the back door, the girl in the yellow bonnet, and beside her, a tired-looking woman in a gingham dress with nicotine-stained fingers. Mother and daughter, they'd led hard lives. Was it because I made you wait, I asked? They did not answer. I snapped a blanket on the front lawn like Nana used to and set out the cold containers of food. Styrofoam plates and bowls, plastic forks and spoons, a pile of cheap napkins. Serves them right. I lay on the empty part of the blanket and waited. The moon rose full and bright in a cloudless sky. I recited the names of stars. I felt the life of every cricket round me singing love songs in the dark. After a while, the two of them joined me on the blanket. I closed my eyes and listened to the snap of hungry jaws. 
and the gnashing of teeth. This has been And a Time to Die, written by Emily Weber and originally published in Jersey Devil Press. For more information about Manowaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit manowaker.com, which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. I'm C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening. On the next installment of Manowaker Studios' flash fiction podcast, Flower Child, everybody calls her, in a tone like it's a bad thing. <laughs>